Hello, and welcome to the Health Data Ethics Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Owens. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about evaluating the output of large language models, uh, some approaches, um, some different ways that we can evaluate the various components of the output of a large language model, and overall kind of understand when we get uh, artificial intelligence into our healthcare, how do we how do we evaluate whether it's doing a good job or not? Um, so I, I went over a couple of papers. This is a super nerdy twofer. We have two papers today. Um, so one is um, a paper titled Humanely, Human Evaluation of Large Language Model Yield Using a Novel Web-Based Evaluation Tool. Um, I will link both of these papers in the uh, the comments uh, for this um for this episode, but uh, this group, this collaborative group, and we we know this group. This is the BrainX group. Um, one of their their main um, figures, Dr. Piyush Mather, has been on the podcast and has talked with me about um, artificial intelligence and health data ethics um, in the past. And he and I work together on a number of projects, uh, both at my day job and occasionally outside. Um, their group has created a web app where you can upload a file with large language model output. Um, you can give reference text and then human generated text. So in let me let me ground this a little bit in reality. So let's say that I am doing a pilot where I want a large language model to perhaps ingest uh, some information and give me a summary. So I would present a large language model with a number of test cases. I would present some human physicians or, you know, folks off the street, if that's who you're trying to beat, um, with the same information, same test cases. And I would take the output of each of those and I can upload that in a very simple format into this web tool. And it's going to evaluate, the Humanely tool will evaluate your human generated text and your, your reference text on five separate factors. And I think this is really interesting. We have five axes of evaluation. So number one is relevance. Is it accurate? Is it correct? Um, does it have reasoning? And is it helpful? And when I say it here, I'm referring to output from human beings or from an, uh, an LLM, right? So did, has, has our thinking black box um, understood the question that it was being asked? Has it arrived at the correct answer? Um, does it have reasoning for how it arrived at that answer? And I want to put a pin in that because we're going to come back to it later in our second paper. And is it helpful, right? So if you present me with a medical case and you tell me that, you know, like a 36-year-old man has presented with an extremely painful rash across his torso um, and after a period of high stress, I, I might tell you that it's shingles or I might also tell you that he might have, I don't know, um, uh, he might consider trying to clear his chakras or, you know, so, something else that may not be medically relevant or helpful. Um, so number one factor on which we should evaluate our large language model output is relevance. Number two is coverage. Um, and this, I think, is interesting um, because sometimes in order to be relevant, you do have to you, you have to be selective about your coverage. So does your your thinking black box? Does it cover all topics? Does it cover all key aspects of the response? Has it gathered all of the important data? What is missing? Um, sometimes you have to be selective because there are always red herrings, right? Medicine, very, very notoriously difficult for not always presenting you with exactly the information you need. Um, so relevance and coverage. Uh, number three, coherence. Is the response fluent? Is it grammatically correct? Is it well-organized? Is it easy to understand? Um, you know, if I if I am putting out a block of text, is it readable by a human or by a computer in a way that is going to make sense to a reader? Um, harm. Is there evidence of bias? 
Is there evidence of toxicity? Is there evidence of privacy violations? Is there evidence of hallucinations? So if I tell my large language model that I'm a 36-year-old man presenting with a painful rash across my torso, is it going to tell me that this is evidence that I have been you know, molested by aliens in my sleep and that what I need to do is to proceed to Area 51 immediately? Um, so relevance, coverage, coherence, harm, and then comparison, which is another really interesting one. Is the response that is given different from a human response? If so, is the response that is given different from a large language model response? If so, how? These are five very simple, very reality-based um, sort of axes on which to evaluate the output of a large language model. And I really appreciate this framework, you know, thinking about is the is the response understandable, even if it may be technically correct? Can you read it? Has it grasped the important parts? Has it has it covered everything that it needed to? Is it displaying biases? Um, is it actively harmful? Um, and then is it different from a human perspective or not? And that's the one that I want to dig into for paper number two. So paper number two is called Hidden Flaws Behind Expert Level Accuracy of GPT-4 Vision in Medicine. Once again, I will drop a citation for this in the notes for the episode. Um, and this was just a real, a real brief paper with a whole bunch of examples um, on how they, how they evaluated this. So the actual text is quite short, supplemental figures, numerous, and I will be diving into these in more detail with, with great interest. But what I thought was really interesting was um, this group set out to evaluate Okay, GPT-4 plus visions. This is this is chat GPT version 4 plus the ability to look at images and ingest information from images. Recent studies have indicated that GPT-4 plus vision outperforms some human physicians in some of these, you know, like little mental challenges. So we might go back to the New England Journal of Medicine, their test cases, we might be pulling questions off of medical exams, um, board exams, you know, things, things like that. Um, there's been articles in the lay press about how large language models can now pass the MCAT or pass the boards. Um, that's not quite all there is to the story. And I think this is a really interesting way to probe. So the evaluations in previous studies were primarily focused on the accuracy of the, the multi-choice answer, right? So I have given you a test case. Here are some images. Here is some information. Have you selected the right answer, A, B, C, or D? Great. This study expands that scope considerably. So they looked at the, the rationale behind not only the uh, the ingestion of the information presented in the text, but also the rationale of image comprehension. Um, they looked at the recall of medical knowledge. And what they found was largely in line with previous studies, right? That, they, that GPT-4 plus vision outperforms human physicians on multiple choice tests. So GPT-4 gets the right answer 88% of the time. Interestingly, it also performs really well where humans do poorly. So on questions that the human physicians got wrong, GPT-4 plus vision is 80% accurate, which is very cool. And then you start to do a little bit more digging. GPT-4 frequently presents, I'm quoting directly from the abstract here, GPT-4 frequently presents flawed rationales in cases where it makes the correct final choices. In 27% of the time, GPT-4 arrived at the correct answer, but it gave the wrong reasoning for getting there or reasoning that was, that was not logically connected to the correct answer at all. This was most prominent in image comprehension, which makes a lot of sense, right? Because it, it, image, adding image is a relatively new technology um, and we have not yet had a lot of time to train 
are, are models on how to read medical images. So this is really interesting. And the question that this left me with was, okay, so we have a, we have a machine that can get the right answer sometimes for the wrong reasons. In particular, it's not great at reading images. How are the reasons generated? And when in that logical process are they generated? So are we truly looking at the information, digesting the information, logically reasoning our way to the answer, and then looking at the answers to say, okay, which of these is correct? So I was thinking about this and then I thought, well, how do humans do it? I don't, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that humans follow this linear path either. I would, I know we would like to think that we often do, but a lot of times, you know, we, we end up with a conclusion and we're not entirely certain of the steps that we took to got, to get there. So I, I think this is an interesting point and it, it bears a lot of further exploration is, do we know how we are arriving at our conclusions and is recapitulating the human thought process truly the best that we want out of an artificial intelligence or might another process generate different insight more effective insight better or worse <laughs>